0: so being in high school you're you're very focused on self I think so you're focused on studying by yourself or with a group but doing the exams by yourself when you switch to medical school you're suddenly like the underdog again so you're the first two years you're studying really hard by yourself or with a group but then you're forced to work with groups on group projects you're forced to constantly expect the unexpected you're always a series of firsts you're constantly doing things first again for the all the time so you're you're getting used to being i guess being more prepared with being unprepared and learning better to prepare for what comes next i think during medical school as well you see a lot of new medical things for the first time you're being ushered into clinical practice and that can be really scary so you're Experiencing, you either become really callous or you learn to deal with all of the emotions that come with seeing people die for the first time, 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 time.
1: Hey there and welcome to the IMG Residency Match Podcast. You're in the right place if you're an ambitious international medical graduate who wants insider strategies and inspiration to help you match into residency. I'm your host, Shawna K. Lester. I've been an admission consultant and writing coach for 12 years, and for the last seven years, I've helped IMGs create residency applications that help them get multiple interviews, match, and create the medical career they want. Dr. Giselle Cook grew up in Trinidad in the back of her mother's retail pharmacy. That experience was technically her first exposure to medicine. She went on to pursue natural sciences at the Naprima Girls High School before starting medical school at the University of the West Indies, Mona. On this episode, Dr. Cook is sharing her top four resources for IMGs applying to the match. But ironically, she never planned on applying to residency training in the United States, and she really only started on a path because one of her good friends encouraged her to. Dr. Cook matched into internal medicine, and she's now pursuing a hematology oncology fellowship at Mayo Clinic. So buckle up for this episode because we're going to chat all about how Dr. Cook grew up, how she changed during medical school, What was her plan when she started studying for the USMLEs? Because hint, hint, it was not to pursue residency. Why IMGs need high step scores. How it feels to be in a Hemang Fellowship at Mayo Clinic. And of course, we're also going to spend some time on the top four resources that you need in your match journey. So maybe we could start with you telling me a little bit about who is Giselle.
0: I have... Always been interested in medicine, um, and I think that's just been inculcated because you know, my mom's a pharmacist, so I kind of grew up in her pharmacy. So that interest is always there, and I, I always ask a lot of questions, which annoyed my entire family. But I guess it were, It just helps, you know, develop that that or answer that curiosity that I have for things. And so, um, I, I think just growing up, uh, being interested in medicine was just part of my journey. My dad was also really sick towards the last part of my high school journey um and right before i uh went to med school at UWI, i had to take a year off actually just to like take care of him so that really really honed my interest even more and like and my desire to to pursue medicine and 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 to become a physician but apart from all that medicine stuff i I, I love a ton of things. I love outdoor activities. I love music. I'm obsessed with music, and you know, I just love you know getting together with the friends. So it's it's so it's very multifaceted. It's not just medicine and research and work, but I feel like I, I'm just a diverse eclectic interests.
1: So tell us a little bit about where you grew up. So you're in your mom's pharmacy in which country? (laughs) What was growing up like?
0: Yeah, I grew up in Trinidad. My mom had a pharmacy in in one of the malls. It was a retail pharmacy. So I would just stay in the back and like help or or not help. As I got older, I would like I would, you know, try and do some of the caching and things like that. So mm-hmm. that, that was really good, I think, in exposing me to auxiliary healthcare and, and what the role that other people play or other, other professions play in, in medicine. I think that was my first direct immersion into it. I would also go to like pharmacy conferences with my mom,
1: but I mean, outside of medicine, just like but, the regular but, child, Giselle. Yeah,
0: but uh, aside from that, I mean, growing up, I was just really athletic. Yeah, I did like five Ks with my mom pretty early. I was into music quite a bit, playing musical instruments. I mean, high school, high school was great. You know, just just being a, like a regular girl and you know mm-hmm. doing things. <laughs> Hard as well, and and then I, I guess at high school, that at high school community, we all uh, the thing in the Caribbean I find is that you're like just siphoned into like d- definite career pathways without right. exposure. That I feel that people probably get here to do undergrad and things like that first. So you you clearly knew in high school if you were going to be on a, a science track or, if you were or gonna, science. Yeah, I mean, which is. Annoying in some ways, but but helpful in others. So we it was all part of that community where everyone knew, kind of knew that we were all going to be doing the same things and you kind of just had your own crew with with other girls or other uh, classmates with similar
1: interests. Hmm. I never thought about that, but actually because what, what what is the name of your high school?
0: Oh, I went to Naprima Girls High School in Trinidad. It's in San Fernando. It's a it's a really I think it was a, an amazing school. Really you set the stage for a lot of great academicians and you know professionals coming out of Trinidad.
1: Absolutely. Okay, I get that. I didn't think of that before because at, you know, my high school, Immaculate, we have these lunch groups, kind of like <laughs> girls who you're friends with. <laughs> oh yeah we
0: de- we definitely had some lunchtime escapades
1: <laughs> but you don't think about it like actually yes those people kind of end up being your friends just by yep. virtue of you guys choosing the same academic focus I had never yeah. thought about
0: that before. it's like you self-select for the people that will be in your life forever based on career which is interesting
1: yeah like 15 actually no third form so like 13 14 Yeah. Very interesting. Deep thoughts, Jaisal. Thank you. I had never thought about that. So how did you change during medical school? I guess the better question is, did you change during medical school?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So being in high school, you're, you're very focused on self, I think. So you're focused on studying by yourself or with a group, but doing the exams by yourself. When you switch to medical school, you're suddenly like the underdog again so you're the first two years you're studying really hard by yourself or with a group but then you're forced to work with groups on group projects you're forced to constantly expect the unexpected you're always it's a series of firsts you're constantly doing things first again for the all the time so you're you're getting used to being i guess being more prepared with being unprepared and learning better to prepare for what comes next I think during medical school as well, you see a lot of new medical things for the first time. You're being ushered into clinical practice, and that can be really scary. So you're experiencing a you either become really callous, or you mm. learn to deal with all of the emotions that come with seeing people die for the first time, or seeing people, you know, in different uh, aspects of medicine for the first time. So you get to uh, deconstruct, you know, those emotions and and learn how to deal with them, which is what I did. And I think that was really, you know, one of the major first steps in in my career or my tra- trajectory, just learning to understand and deep pack all of the emotions that you see. And I think another big thing in medical school is just learning the hierarchy of of medicine, learning where you stand and learning that you can also climb that hierarchical ladder but have respect for people above and below you learning those Mm. learning those lines of respect and having humility is is something that will definitely get you through medical school and and has helped me and then you also learn about mentorship having someone to that's the first time i i feel like I, i sort of understood mentorship having someone take you under their wing to help you get through medical school And at the same time learning how to mentor the newer medical students below you. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I think teamwork. Teamwork was a big part of what I learned in medical school since I didn't
1: have to you know, be oh, part of an actual team in, in high school. That's interesting. Normally when people talk about hierarchy, they talk about the people above them. But yeah, you have to learn respect for the people above and below.
0: Yeah. And you have to learn to work with, for the first time in medical school, you're working with nurses, you're working with pharmacists, you're working with a ton of other people that you have to get along with. You can't be dismissive and you have to recognize everyone has an important role to play. So I think learning that also happens in medical schools. It's a definite process.
1: All right. So after medical school, and you can tell us where you did it. I just realized we didn't bring that up. So, after medical school, and you start thinking about further training, why did you decide on doing that in the United States? I actually did not
0: intend to do training in the United States. Okay. To be completely 100% honest. Okay. I intended to do residency, I went to medical school at the University of the West Indies in Jamaica. I intended to do residency at the University of the West Indies in Jamaica. However, I had a really good friend <laughs> who <laughs> kept urging me to do US Emily's and, and she actually would not stop bothering me about them for several, almost a year. And oh. so, yeah, and so I just, you know, I thought about it and I said, you know what, I'm I'm going to do it. So we actually both, did the USM together and and when I did them it was actually not with the intent of doing residency I was so sold on doing residency at the uh, at UE in Jamaica which is an, an amazing establishment mm-hmm. I said I would use my USMLEs for fellowship after I did my residency there because that's what I saw a lot of the other consultants or residents in Jamaica having having done you know did the residency and then afterwards go to go do a fellowship. So that was the plan. But then plans quickly changed.
1: Why did your plans quickly change? <laughs>
0: Why did my plans change? My plans changed because while studying for the USMLEs, you realize that there's there's it's a whole different uh system of training and, and education and learning that you're exposed to while you're doing the the US and essentially my mind was just blown and I really wanted to really immerse myself more in that. So I still tried to not follow that urge because I I did have a family and I did have a husband who didn't want to do that at the time. So I I stayed in the Caribbean. But then after two years of trying to establish a place in terms of education and residency, I decided to follow my, my gut and come here. Very, very unexpected because I honestly did not It was not, like, my first intention. I think probably most people you would talk to have planned to come here from,
1: like, med school.
0: school. No, this was, like, three years after the fact. When
1: you say all of the things that you were learning, were you just, was it just a lot more knowledge than you knew was out there, or what was it?
0: For the U.S. Emily's, the construct of the educational program and and how they they structure the information is very different from how it was done at in the British system or when, in the MBBS system. And then, of course, while you're doing U.S. MLEs, you're constantly on the internet, searching blogs, looking up things, looking up more questions, looking up what other people's experiences are, where they what where it's led them, and then you just naturally become more exposed to to more information, more and more and more information, which is you know, what kind of leads you down a different path. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you start seeing yourself there? Like, did you read any student blogs from people of in residency? Course, of
0: course, of that, course. That, that's exactly it. Just like reading the blogs, reading where people end up, um, reading what they did to get there and seeing where you are and where you want to be and seeing if that's something that you would want to do or sacrifices that you'd want to make
1: is what caused me or led me here so looking back to that application period once you decided to go ahead what would you say were the top four resources that you had at your disposal and you used?
0: top four resources number one you definitely need to carve out time you definitely need to carve out time to study And I would say that because you need, as an international medical graduate, you need to have high scores to compete not only with the traditional MD programs, but also the DO programs, which are American-based. And as an IMG, you're at a definite disadvantage. Number two, the Kaplan videos were invaluable to me. I went through almost every single Kaplan video, and I made notes from From the videos. I made my own notes because that's how I learn best, translating something that's live and then reconstructing it in my own way so that it's it's conceptualized in my memory. Uh, Number three would be the UWorld question bank. I only really used one question bank and I I did the URL question bank maybe two and a half times. You do it in the beginning just to see, get a sense of the questions and how you need to to read the questions to derive the answer. And also it helps you to understand how to study and what to study for. And then uh, lastly, I would say I, I just use one additional resource, which would be the special pathology book. It's called Golian Pathology.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Path and, and biochem, those are... Um, very high yields uh, topics in your assembly that account for the bulk of a big chunk
1: of the questions that you're going to get. So I made sure I read that book and pretty much memorized it. Okay, thank you. So as it concerns the question Matt, because you said you use UWorld at the very beginning of your process, which I've heard other people who, or people who score pretty highly. I've heard these people say mm-hmm. that, you know, you want to read to get an idea of the stems before you actually go into studying. So what else did you do? Because you said two and a half times.
0: Yeah, so I... I studied by topic. Well, actually first, in the very beginning, I just kind of randomized the questions so they were not in any specific subject order and just uh, saw what the questions were like, what the different subject areas were like. Then after that, I made a definitive study plan over, say, a couple of months. So say I was doing pathology, for example, I went through all of the PATH videos in Kaplan and then went through systematically went through every single pathology question in the question bank and then any question that i got wrong i would review again you do the questions you do the you study the information first you do the actual questions in the question bank you review and then you just keep doing that systematically for each subject and mm-hmm. so that way you do it once in great detail per subject area and then i did it again
1: per subject area and then at the end, I think I just did all of the questions randomized. And sitting the step exams, was there anything that surprised you when you traveled to the U.S.? And like, let's say you did, which one did you do first? You did step one first? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. So when you came, was there anything that was surprising about that exam, actually sitting it? Uh, no, I think I had mentally prepared myself for that. And I looked at the blogs
0: and knew it was going to be eight hours of torture. Can I just tell you, I forgot one resource that I actually used, which was the first aid book. Okay. And, yes, and you only use that at the very end because it's just high yield, dense stuff that you just have to cram. So mm-hmm. that was one other thing.
1: Okay, no problem. So, do you have any step one specific advice that will help people? I want this question to be for people who they're very bright, they're killing it in medical school, but just because of how they approach step one, they yeah. fail, and you know the whole thing. Yeah, like,
0: wow. absolutely. It's all about test-taking strategy. So step one is the most important exam it's going to be important for you all the way through matching for fellowship even Mm. so you that's that's where you apportion the critical mass of your time and studying efforts so I would say for some people outside of the U.S. who are able to take time off and study I would definitely recommend that I think I stayed home maybe just for like two months just studying Mm. you really have to be organized the way that you do it. You have to actually understand the information, not just be able to answer the question, but you have to understand the information inside out because the questions come in different permutations and combinations and you don't want to get tricked. So you want to be able to answer the question any way it comes. So that's why it's important to actually understand the actual information that's being divested through the textbooks, if that's what you use. I use the videos because that's how I remember things. And that's the core. You need to actually understand what you're doing and then do the questions afterwards because the questions consolidate and they help to organize your information and help to highlight things that you should know um, and confirm things that you do know, but you have to really understand basics first.
1: So in the end, which specialty or specialties did you apply to for residency? I applied to two specialties.
0: One of them was internal medicine and I also applied to ophthalmology. Now I know ophthalmology is a reach. It's harder to get into ophthalmology as an international medical graduate. But I said I had nothing to lose, so I did it anyway. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> I, I mean I didn't match for ophthalmology and I, and that's okay, I was not heartbroken in any by any by any means. But I, you know, at least I just did it and, and I put that out there and I put that to rest. I was working in ophthalmology at the time, which is which is um, why I had done that but I also loved internal medicine a ton and I love hematology and, and oncology
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I matched for internal medicine and in hemonc in I matched for <laughs> internal medicine and then went on to to do he hmm
1: okay so I guess you can talk about that for a little bit what are you doing now
0: yeah now I'm a second year fellow in hematology and oncology mm-hmm. and how so, does that feel I guess Oh, it's, it's, it's quite a journey. I feel, like, I feel like at every step of the way, there's always like some other goal that you might want to achieve. So I'm I came I'm at Mayo in Rochester, and I came here with the intent of doing three years of hemonc and then probably going back home. But I've done so much research now in hematologic malignancies that I'm now going to do a fourth year mm-hmm. <laughs> in um, hematologic malignancies and myeloma. Mm-hmm. So yeah it it really is um eye opening experience it's really good so i i feel like the the educational journey or your journey d- doesn't stop unless you want mm-hmm. it to and it just depends on your your goals your career goals if you want to like do private practice after or if you want to go back home to your respective country or if you want to be heavily involved in research these are all opportunities open to you uh depending on your exposures and your program and you know, what interests you.
1: Do you find that there are other IMGs who struggle with this at the fellowship level about whether they're going to stay or they're going to go home? Or are most people, by the time they commit to a fellowship, pretty sure that they're staying in the U.S.?
0: I feel like most of them want to stay. And so they have decided from early on that they're going to stay. Very mm-hmm. few people struggle if they're going to go home or not. I think uh, the data shows that the majority of the IMGs actually day
1: i think all right so my question to you is what do you do for fun what does giselle do for fun in in rochester breweries are really
0: popular so. oh. <laughs> 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 this is not what i was expecting
1: <laughs> but so, i love it
0: i go to a brewery with a group of friends like maybe once a week
1: <laughs> are you serious yeah. <laughs> yes okay what do you guys do there do you take pictures at the front of the brewery no we drink beer <laughs> okay do different breweries specialize in different kinds of beers because you make it seem like there's a whole yeah. ecosystem
0: yeah yeah I'm I'm sure they do some and some beers are better than others but uh I, it's, I think it's just a midwest thing I'm guessing mm-hmm. I mean that's what I do for fun, and then I, I also, (laughs) I do. um, uh, Mayo is really obsessed with like, well, really places a lot of focus on personal health and self care and things like that. So there's this amazing gym that that I go to and and, you know partake in different types of classes, and then um, running and and maybe some snowshoeing, sledding Mm -hmm. when it's snowing because it's always snowing here. Mm hmm.
1: And you had mentioned before that you were athletic in your childhood and you played music. Do you still get to play any music? I guess I could if I wanted to, but I'm so so lazy. (laughs) I
0: don't really, I don't really, I do. In the time that I do have now, I just, I don't play music. I just listen to it. So I, I have not been playing any music, but I'm still pretty active physically.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. What kind of music do you like to listen to?
0: Oh my gosh, I love like free-form, free-form like Afro-Caribbean jazz. I like experimental jazz. And then I really like hip-hop
1: and techno. Hip-hop and techno, okay, (laughs) that's different. All right, cool. So Giselle, next up, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, sort of rapid fire. And so what you do is that you just answer them without thinking about it too much. I'll try. (laughs) So you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. On any given day, clinical care or research? Research. Jeans or dress pants? Dress pants. Summer or winter? Summer. Summer or fall? Fall. Heels or flats? Heels. Walk in the park or snowshoeing? Snowshoeing. Lip gloss or lipstick? Lipstick. For a vacation, Caribbean or Europe? Caribbean. Who, dead or alive, would you like to meet? Ooh. Most want to meet? Maybe Michelle Obama. Cliché, I know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what would you ask this person?
0: How does she do everything that she does?
1: Podcast or movie?
0: Podcast. Favorite movie? Don't have one. Favorite song? Uh, HF by Gogo Penguin.
1: Dance hall or Afrobeats?
0: Afrobeats.
1: Okay. <laughs> and we're all done. Thank you. So looking back at Giselle at Napima Girls High School. If you had to tell her just a few things about what her future holds and encourage her, what would you say? Like if you wrote her a letter?
0: Encourage, I would say,
1: I would just say never give up. And why would you tell her to never give up?
0: Because there's so much out there. There's so much opportunity. Even if one path doesn't work, another one will.
1: All right and so my final question for you is that you've done so much and you've achieved so much and I'm going to repeat that Joselle is here in part I mean I do I do know you Joselle we're not you know best friends but I know Joselle but you're definitely here because I think everyone who I talk with about you they have a really deep admiration for you and no one ever is like oh Joselle's bright you know cuz bright people are there are a lot of bright people in the world although you are but I think it's the complete package of what you bring to medicine with your brain as well as you know the heart piece that uh, makes so many people and it's not just yeah, the friends we have in common. No, you're welcome, but it's not just her. It's like people <laughs> I talk to, they're like, You've got to talk to Giselle. Cause she's just, you know, a fantastic human being. Uh, um, now, guys. <laughs> so as somebody who has done all that work in medicine and You know, like you say, you listen to a ton of podcasts. I know you care about personal development as well. Just sort of marrying those things together, like doing things with your career, trying to develop as a person, as a human being. What is it all for for you? What do you want your legacy to be in terms of life, not just medicine? And
0: I mean, in terms of life, it's just being a a really good person who's able to contribute to not only medicine, but just also helping people in the community and not neglecting your family at the same time. It would be awesome if, it, if if all those, if those three facets
1: could, personal life, community, and academia could be my legacy. And for people who want to follow Giselle to see your work, where can they find you on social media?
0: Oh yeah, I am very active on Twitter. It's okay. at
1: joselle cook md mm-hmm. and so spell that out for me please at J O S E L L E all right well thank you so much for talking with us today joselle and i know that people are going to get so much value from this and you know see themselves in you so thank you so much thanks for inviting me shauna okay okay <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the IMG Residency Match podcast to learn more about how you can match into your dream residency, even if right now you don't know where to start. Go watch a free training brought to you by the IMG Residency Match Application Accelerator at imgresidencymatch.com. By the end of the training, you'll know how to create an application that communicates to programs why they need to invite you to interview and rank you highly so you can match. Now, don't forget to share this podcast with at least one colleague you know applying to the match so you can celebrate together on match day. And be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. And now we close with a word of inspiration from me, your host, Shauna Kay. Winners don't get ready. Winners stay ready.